I'm your host, Raza Mughal, and welcome to The Millennial Father. On today's episode, dealing with COVID-19 in 2020, the two-month appointment, a week of alone time. All right, let's get it. Throughout this podcast, I've reflected on my experiences of being a new father and have discussed the lessons I've learned from it. In addition, I also wanted to describe the current environmental conditions we live in and are going through. Yes, I want this podcast to be a learning tool for new fathers, but I also want it to be a way to communicate to the next generation, for me, my son, and possibly other children, what the current living conditions were and the changes we had to go through. Maybe Zia will be listening to this when he's 16 thinking, wow, this is so cool and useful. Or maybe he's going to think, wow, my dad's a loser. Who knows? Just know, son, that I was willing to take the risk and roll the dice. I did care what people thought, but as I got older, I just said, screw it. And I started doing what I thought was right. I know it may seem hard at times, but the faster you start doing that, the faster you'll be happier with yourself. Not sure where I was going with that. I just wanted to create a cool, dramatic intro for myself. Okay, what I wanted to describe was how COVID-19 affected our living conditions and the world in general. I know I've been doing so throughout the podcast, but I wanted to do it in more detail. During the 2020 summer, the volume of COVID-19 new cases started going down in Ontario. From March till July, we went through three stages. In stage one, only essential stores were open, grocery stores, gas stations, and takeout from restaurants. Everyone was keeping their distance. People were starting to wear masks. You could tell everyone was feeling uncomfortable and unsure about what was going on. Schools were shut down for God's sakes. That had never happened before in my lifetime for any other reason than a snow day. From March break till the end of the school year, which is the end of June, kids didn't go back in. A lot of parents were struggling to balance work and taking care of their children. Some parents had to become the teacher for their kids because schooling became completely online. Due to the lack of work and because of the shift to working from home, the streets became empty. Before COVID-19 hit, a drive from Mississauga to Hamilton during rush hour would take almost two hours. And after it hit, it would take like 30 minutes. Sabrina and I were so deprived of seeing people and in disbelief of what was going on, we went and drove to the airport one night to see how it was because that was the one place that was always busy 24 hours a day and guess what? It was completely empty. No airplanes taking off, no people, just the staff and security around the airport. I hadn't driven in such a long time. I actually got motion sickness as we drove on the twisty roads of Pearson Airport. Sabrina was eight months pregnant at the time and offered to drive back. The sadness of the visual image of her driving back while I was slouched over with my head sticking out of the window gave me enough motivation to make the drive home. To give perspective on the global impact of the virus, let me give you a few examples of what happened in the world that year. The Chinese New Year celebrations were shut down. The Olympics did not happen. They have been moved to next year to 2021. NBA, MLB, and NHL were all temporarily shut down. Every year, there's a pilgrimage that occurs for Muslims in Saudi Arabia called Hajj. Millions of Muslims travel to the country to perform Hajj as it's one of the five pillars of Islam. 
This was canceled. Only a thousand people performed it in order to keep the process social distance friendly. I'm almost 32 years old now and never in my lifetime had I ever seen a delay in any of these processes until this year. As we progress towards the summer, the COVID-19 new cases decline. In Ontario, during June, we went into phase two. During this time, gatherings of 10 people were allowed indoors and 25 outdoors. Also, certain public facilities and various stores opened back up. Then in July, we went into phase three, gatherings of 50 people were allowed inside and gatherings of 100 people were allowed outside. Everything basically opened back up during this phase. You were allowed to eat in restaurants again, gyms were opened up, movie theaters, you could finally get a haircut. So this was the big one because it felt like we were getting back to somewhat of a normal life. City laws had been passed across the province, making it mandatory to wear a mask indoors. I've seen people rejected from entering the grocery store for not wearing masks. It was the middle of the summer, in the scorching heat, a mom was holding her baby and the employee denied entry to them because they didn't have it. That's how serious people were taking it. I've come to the realization that we're going to be wearing masks for a while. At first, I was kind of against those fancy design cloth masks. I think mainly because I refused to believe that COVID-19 would last this long. But now, I have them. I sometimes try to match my outfit to my mask and I don't think I'm the only one. The mask has become a part of our fashion. Recently, schools opened back up and the flu season began. September has ended and the number of COVID-19 new cases is surging in Ontario. There are talks that we might even go back a phase. A game in the NFL recently got cancelled. Schools are starting to shut down. It's a difficult situation to be in and parents are faced with difficult decisions. Do I send my child to school or get them to learn online? Clearly, keeping them at home is the safest route, but how can every parent do that? If your child is younger, you can't leave them in the house alone. Not every parent can take the time away from work to do that. And how do you get your kid to sit in front of a computer all day and pay attention? During this time, Sabrina and I were supposed to start looking for a daycare center to send Zia to. I know he's only a couple of months old, but some of these places you have to register your child a year in advance. Right now, that's up in the air because some of these places have frozen their new admissions and have remained closed. I've heard certain daycares have told parents to send their kids in, and if they don't, the kid permanently loses their spot. So I'm thinking a year from now, it's going to be really hard to get a spot in daycare because there's going to be a huge surge of parents wanting to send their kids in. Honestly, it's a difficult, unusual time right now, not just here in Ontario, but around the world. Basically, we're waiting on a vaccine or vaccines. Right now, even that's up in the air. Some news reports say end of this year and some say not till next summer. I'm not trying to be a pessimist about the whole COVID-19 situation. We're all going through it together. I actually have a lot of hope that the vaccine will come out soon and we'll get back to a normal life. Anyways, I just wanted to do a quick reflection on how it's been. Use this podcast as a tool to log how it's been so that listeners could come back to it later and be like, glad to be done with that. Zia, if you ever listen to this, 2020 was one of the most unique, unusual and happiest years of my life. The happiest part being mainly attributed to you. Speaking of Zia, let me talk about how he's been over the last couple of weeks. Well, homeboy turned two months 
which was another small victory for us as parents, we again took him to the doctor so that we could get his height, weight, and head circumference checked. My wife and I had a bet again. This time it was over under 12 pounds. I again took the over, the wager being a cup of coffee from Tim's. I'm the one who came up with the 12 pound breaking point and I knew it was a bit high relative to what it was last time, but I had to keep it interesting. I can't keep winning all the time, right? So yeah, I lost the bet, but we were happy to find out that all of Zia's health stats were in line with the planned out trajectory, exemplified by the graph printout from the doctor. Now the two month doctor's appointment is a big one because the baby receives their first set of immunization shots. The shots protect against the rotavirus, certain lung bacteria, diphtheria, tetanus, polio, meningitis, and the hip germs. Some of those sound familiar to me. Some of those I'm finding out about for the first time or saying the word for the first time in my life. Sabrina was worried that Zia would be fussy after getting his shot. So she told me to come along for the appointment, which I did reluctantly because she had asked me like 10 minutes before the appointment. Due to COVID-19, I wasn't allowed into the doctor's office. So I had to wait in the car and when she finally came out, Zia was completely fine. He wasn't crying or being fussy. He was sleeping, which was great. And basically my wife forcing me to come along was pointless. All I did was find out that I lost the bet faster. So damn frustrating. Anyways, we didn't have a big celebration like we did with the one month. There was no cupcake that turned into a cheesecake or candles or music. Sabrina dressed up Zia and took pictures of him. She has this chalkboard that she uses to take the monthly photos. On it, she fills out info like month, weight, height, and then it says things like I love dot dot dot, I hate dot dot dot, my favorite lullaby is dot dot dot. We answer the questions to the best of our ability. We have to wing most of the information. It's not like we can talk to the kid, right? Like. If we sing a song and he happens to laugh during it, then that's his favorite song for the month. He happened to look at the TV while I was watching basketball. So we put, I love watching sports. That's how we roll. That's how we've been doing it so far. In terms of his behavior, Zia continues to pay more attention to items and people. If you get his attention and do the right facial movements and sound combo, he might give you a laugh. He loves sitting upright. The days of the bassinet are slowly starting to fade and we are now moving on to the era of the rocker. It's a good device. He's able to look around in it and if he starts to get fussy, it has this bouncer part to it that you can tap with your foot. When you get a nice rhythm going on that, I can get him to go to sleep. His cradle cap is almost completely gone, which we're happy about. We just kept up the treatment methodology mentioned in the last podcast using Vaseline on the affected areas and scrubbing off the flakes. Now let's move on to me, the millennial father. The last couple of weeks have been the most unusual for me since becoming a father. For the first time since having Zia, I spent some time away from him. No, me and Sabrina didn't get into a fight or anything. She had it already planned that she was going to spend the week in Niagara Falls with her parents and Zia. Not gonna lie, when she told me this, the intro music to Puff Daddies and Mace's Feel So Good started playing in my head, and I had a mini montage in my thoughts of myself driving around aimlessly, smoking cigars with my friends, watching movies in an empty theater, and watching basketball while spraying whipped cream into my mouth. But you know, I had to contain my excitement and show the hurt in my heart of my son leaving, so I was just like, damn, a week? 
I guess that should be fine. I went to Niagara as well with them for the weekend, which was awesome. My in-laws love playing with Zia and they make incredible food, so it's always a good time. One of the cool things about them having a house in Niagara Falls is that they live like a 10-minute drive away from Clifton Hill, the tourist area. So on the Saturday of the weekend, Sabrina and I were like, let's go check it out, see how it is, take a look at the falls. Going to Clifton Hill was like going to Vegas for the first time, overwhelming. There were a lot more people there than we expected. The lights were flashing and we were just like, man, Niagara Falls is popping. This is the place to be. But I also want to add that it didn't feel unsafe. Everyone was still wearing masks and the places that were open all had the social distancing enforcements in place. So we went down to the falls, checked it out, which is always a refreshing experience. And then Sabrina was like, let's head back. Maybe it was the blinding lights. There's a weekend reference right there or the mist from the falls or all the people having a good time, but I wasn't done yet. So I was like, yes, we will go back Sabrina after we do some mini putting. And so we went to minimize the chances of us picking up the coronavirus during our adventure. We made sure to go to the outdoor one. It was all social distance friendly. Everything was sanitized. So we both felt comfortable playing. Now mini putting is one of those activities that Sabrina beats me in sometimes. So I have to be on my game in order to defeat her. Through the first nine holes, I was up like three strokes when she decided to call home and check up on Zia, who was being babysat by his grandma. During the call, Sabrina heard Zia crying and after the call was finished, she turned to me and was like, we need to go home. I without hesitation agreed with her and was like, let's go back. My thoughts were, would we be going back if she was up? I'm not so sure. It was an 18 hole course. Being at the ninth, we were at the furthest point from the front. And the walk back was amusing to me because it was filled with comments from the players ahead of us. Hey, are they cutting us? These guys are trying to play past us? What's the big idea? I'll tell you what's the big idea. My kid's crying at home. It's an emergency. I'm just kidding. I didn't say anything. I just kept trudging forward pretending like the reason I was leaving was much cooler than it actually was. When we got back, Zia was completely fine. My mother-in-law was like, you two should have finished your game. She even insisted that we go back, which neither of us wanted to do. So everything was great. We had a little bit of an outing. We watched some Sons of Anarchy at night and then something happened the next morning. I woke up with a bit of a cold. My nose was plugged and I sneezed a couple of times. To be honest with you, it wasn't that bad. On a scale of one to 10, it was like a two. So I just brushed it off and decided it was time to go home. This was my first time leaving Zia for a period that was more than five hours. Now, I did get a little bit down that we were separating, but I didn't get emotional or anything. It wasn't like that scene from Interstellar when Matthew McConaughey left Murph to travel into space. I didn't hold Zia and whimper, I love you forever Zia, before leaving and cry all the way home while staring at the barren area of where his car seat once used to be. I knew if I missed him too much, I could always just drive an hour and see him again. I'm not going into a different galaxy or anything, but maybe the gravitational pull in Mississauga is stronger than the one in Niagara Falls. So when we'd see each other again, we'd be the same age. Wouldn't that be incredible? Sorry, I took that joke and reference a little too far, I think. When I woke up on Monday, I felt even worse. The sneezes increased and I felt the sluggish feeling you get before you get a fever. The sneezes were okay, but the tiredness got me thinking. Maybe I didn't social distance properly at Clifton Hill. 
Maybe I didn't sanitize after touching the parking meter. No, I must have. There was only one way to confirm that everything was fine. Get a COVID-19 test done. I wasn't going to go out and party when I was on my own, but I was thinking about inviting a few friends over. I took the plans I had of doing that, crumpled them up into a paper ball, and punted them out of the door. I found a drive through test center two minutes away from the house, but I wasn't able to get an appointment till the Wednesday of that week. You could drive there without an appointment, but you'd have to wait three hours and there was even a chance that you might not even get seen. With the appointment, I was done within 20 minutes. I was fairly certain that I didn't have it, but I just wanted to be 100% certain because of Zia. I didn't want to take any chances, or maybe, subconsciously, I knew I had nothing better to do. Anyways, I did the test and everything was fine. During the course of the week, I made sure to WhatsApp video call with Sabrina so that I could see Zia daily. At home, he'd rarely laugh, but in Niagara, Sabrina would put him in this room and he'd stare in the corners of it and he would laugh hysterically. I didn't understand what was so damn funny. I became frustrated and a little bit jealous that I wasn't there to see it. In retaliation, I tell Sabrina that he's probably looking at spirits and end our video calls. I didn't miss him all the time, but I would during empty pockets of the day, during lunches and in the evenings. This is going to sound corny, but before going to sleep, I'd look at all of his photos and watch all of his videos. At times, I'd be like, maybe I should tell Sabrina to come back with Zia, but then I was like, no, it's just a week. Get a grip of yourself, man. What are you going to do when he moves to university? Move into the dorm with him and party. That's what. I thought since I was going to be alone, I'd get a lot of work done in the house. Put up some frames on the walls, clean the house, work on some projects. Being at home alone, I found that I was getting less done. I think it was almost like when I was single again. I had so much free time that when it came time to doing the task, I'd be like, ah, whatever, it'll get done, I'll just do it later. Before I knew it, Friday hit and I hadn't done anything. I spent five hours straight that day cleaning the house to show that I'd done something useful while my family was gone. I thought about this later. Why didn't I do anything while I was alone and why am I more productive when I have less time? I think it's because when my family is here, I'm so busy with everything that when I do get any free time, I know I have to make the most of it. Sabrina and Zia came back home the next day. I was actually out helping my cousin move when they got back, so the drive home was filled with a lot of anticipation and wonder. Will Zia remember me? Is he going to look bigger? Is he going to smile? I was all giddy like I was about to go on a date or something. The situation kind of sucked because I knew the first thing I had to do when I got back would be to take a shower before holding Zia. I was moving boxes and furniture around all day and was in need of some serious cleaning. So yeah, I got home, quickly took a shower. I'm not gonna lie, I looked at Zia before doing so, but just briefly, and then I came down to hold him. When I took him out of the bassinet, it felt incredible. He felt heavier and he gave me a look of who the hell are you? But I didn't care. I just slung him over my shoulder and started walking around. So what did I learn over these two weeks? I know it's hard to be living in these COVID-19 conditions. It doesn't look like things are going to be getting better anytime soon, but it doesn't mean you can't still be grateful. We are forced to spend more time at home and for fathers, parents, kids, that means spending more time with family. We all want life to go back to normal, but it may not for a bit, so make the most of this time. 
Yeah, it sucks. I can't do the stuff that I used to, but I've gotten to spend a lot more time with my wife and son, which has been special. I've tried to make the most of the situation by learning and helping out as much as I can at home. I don't know if I'll ever have a time like this again in my life. So hang out with each other, have fun, take pictures, make memories. Guys, take pictures of your kids. I'm not a big picture taking person, but when I was alone, I was so grateful that I had pics of my son and I wish I had more of them. I think what I learned was while he was gone, life continued even though I wasn't there with him in Niagara Falls. He continued to grow and get bigger and smarter. So it's on you as a father to make yourself useful and be a part of your kids' lives. That's kind of heavy, right? I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into this one week that we spent away from each other. Who knows? And that's all, folks. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please provide feedback at my website, www.themillennialfather.com. And please follow the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. I've been using Anchor to create my podcast and distribute it. So if you're thinking of creating your own podcast, I'd highly recommend that. I've created an Instagram account. It's the.millennialfather. So follow me on there for updates on the show and posts in between. Until next time.